Hello all, you're listening to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends recap romance novels while giggling, snorting, commenting, and usually cursing. This week we're starting off with a Patreon shoutout. Cassidy L., you are descended from Hemera, the Greek primordial goddess of day. She has divine authority and control over fire and can control the movement and rotation of the planets which means she can change the flow of day into night. So you're basically a flame-throwing superperson who's capable of circadian manipulation. Plus, you're goddamned bright in every single way. Sunshine personified. Make sure you check out our Patreon for bonus content, video episodes, virtual book clubs, and so much more. And now we've got a special treat. Andy J. Christopher is here to celebrate the release of her super hot new priest romance, Hot Under His Collar, and recap the early 2000s rom-com, Keeping the Faith. Here we go! Hi, Andy. (laughs) Hi, Mel. How are you? (laughs) I love how we say that as if we haven't been chatting for like 10 minutes. (laughs) I know, I know. Well, we both were talking about how excited we've been about this all week. Yeah, seriously. Mm-hmm. I was like, it doesn't matter what's happening today. I just have to get to Friday and then I get to talk to Andy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I get to talk about like a movie that was formative. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And uh, we've got an overall theme going this episode because you've got a teeny tiny little book release that just happened. Yes. Uh, hot under his collar <gasps> came out, and as we're recording, like full disclosure, it's a few weeks before. It is, yeah. <laughs> but to you, listener, it, it, it has it's come now. out. It's it here. Now. <laughs> In now time, I just got my author copies. I got an email from Sierra Simone saying that she loved the book. Oh. I saw that on Instagram and I like did a little dance. I was like so happy because it's like most important to me that she liked it. <laughs> like Hell yeah. any of my friends. Yeah. Hell yeah. So yes, Hot Under's Collar. It's the third book in like the Chicago Nolan series. Mm-hmm. It can be totally read as a standalone. In fact, a lot of like early readers picked it up because it was a priest book and as opposed to like, yeah. you know, in a series. Yeah, Father Patrick, who (gasps) some people have been waiting for. Some people have been like, oh, I don't know. But like a lot of people, like I by far got the most DMs and emails after Not the Girl You Marry came out. Yeah. Asking if Father Patrick was going to get a book. So I felt like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to do it. You gotta do it. And you did it. Oh my god, you did it so good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad. Oh yeah, Patrick O'Dooley and Sasha are just delectable. And Andy, the pining, goddamn you, the pining from page one. If you love a pine, listener, you need to immediately drop everything and pick up Hot Under His Collar because it is like, you can like massage it. It's like palpable, the pining. It's thick and it's (laughs) it's really good. (laughs) It's good stuff. I mean... (laughs) I like sent a couple of friends the like chapter 16, the bar chapter. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, I think this might be the filthiest thing I've ever written, just so you know. <laughs> like, like, it's a big yum. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad it works because it's like when you're like when you're doing something that's like not 
um, sort of like the everyday. Totally. Not an everyday trope. Mm-hmm. It's, you can be like, I don't know. If, like, I don't know if I can stick the landing because you, you haven't I know. seen a ton of them. You know, there's not yeah. a ton of them out there. And, so you, and like, it feels have, a little dangerous, I'm sure. Yes. I think that's how I dangerous. would feel, you know? Yeah. Oh, but it's like dangerous so good. I like I can't I can't come up with anything but good because I'm such a mess over it. <laughs> that makes me so happy. I just came to like love these characters so much and like Yeah. Just torturing them over the course of the book. Boy, did you. I did. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to like because it's a rom com, so like I didn't want to get like super esoteric. It's never heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. It's never heavy. It doesn't do like, it doesn't go deep into like theology or, you know, anything like that. Mm -hmm. But I think it it does just enough. And you feel it it is still a rom-com, but but like, okay, can I tell them about the car scene really early in the book? Just a teensy bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, wait, do you want to give them a quick plot overview? Okay, so Father Patrick Dooley is the pastor of a small Catholic church in the south side of Chicago, and they run, like, a preschool program for local kids yeah, yeah, yeah. that's been good at getting them, like, ready for kindergarten, and it's, like, a, a low-income neighborhood, so it's free, and it's, like, part of his, like, push to get people, like, involved in um, the St. Bart's community. And really, for him, mm-hmm. it's, like, most important. Like, community is, like, the most important thing about what he does, mm-hmm. but they have a budget shortfall. And if you read Not the Girl You Marry, Not That Kind of Guy, you know that Sasha Finnerty is Hannah's business partner in her event planning yeah. business. In her event and planning, their event planners. <laughs> I know. And it's like, I was writing it during the pandemic and I was like, they wouldn't even like be working right now. But you know what? We're just, we're just pretending it didn't exist. Love that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to go into a world where there is no pandemic. Make anyway. me forget pandemic. You did it. Congratulations. <laughs> Just, yay. Yay. And it's not a spoiler to say that Hannah offers to help Patrick, but then she is pregnant and has severe, severe morning sickness. And Sasha agrees to do it, but she's had a crush on Patrick for a while. Boy, she has had this crush that doesn't quit. <laughs> it doesn't quit. But she thinks it's because she always wants what she can't have. Like, she's really into, right. like, unavailable men. And so she's like, I'm really going to try to date this nice guy that I met at this wedding. I'm really going to try and, like, make it work. There's nothing wrong with him, she says to herself. Why? Yeah. Like, why Why couldn't it work? There's nothing wrong with him. He's not yeah. an actual serial killer. So, like, what's wrong with me, she says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yes. Yes. She's so good at making herself feel bad because we find out, like, there's, like, hints of her family, I think, in her earlier books. But, like, we really mm-hmm. find out that they're truly monstrous. Yes. And so – and they, like – I've seen a – like, I try to avoid reviews in general, but I've seen snippets saying that her her family is, like – like, their level of evil is, like, sort of unbelievable, which is – I mean, it's really funny because it's actually based on a friend of mine's pa- – like, like the mother is based uh-huh. on the friend of mine's mother. Like, her, like, fat-phobic, nitpicky, like, bullshit comments. Yeah, that felt spot on to me. <laughs> like, so. I was like, yeah, I know this woman. She said similar <laughs> things to me, her daughter's <laughs> friend. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to overcome that. And so she's like in therapy. And that's also a little bit of a nod to like Fleabag because I was like, what if I give her a therapist? Yes. She needs to be in therapy. 
And also because she really needs to overcome like her sort of monstrous family. Like they're totally they're, they're terrible people. And like they've provided for her like financially and helped her out in that way. But like I think she's sort of coming to the like conclusion like their involvement in her life is more harmful than like Yeah, it's anything not worth it. Could, yeah, not worth it. And she sort of sees this she has like a sort of a found family and her best friend and and her best friend's husband and like this whole community that they kind of have going on. And her best friend's husband's best, best friend, friend is Father Patrick. Ah! Oh, yes. Father Patrick. <laughs> so she's not actually a parishioner. And I thought that was no. a really cool choice. But because they've been, they've, you know, their best friends are married. Mm-hmm. So they've been in each other's spheres quite a bit. And she actually thinks he doesn't like her because he gets such a boner when he's or she's around you guys that he can't he has to just like turn it off he gets like totally stoic she thinks that he either doesn't know who she is or hates her ever like her, her soul and she's wrong he he can he wants to put his hands all over her and let's review he is a priest he's a priest so it's oh it's a big conflict yeah for him i mean my favorite thing about it is like I love like a romance where the other main character is like the only person that they feel that way around. And yeah. I know that's not realistic and it's prob- a little probably problematic, but it's like this I is mean, <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. Like, <laughs> this is she like she's the only one for him. He's like I totally. just He's like I can like walk like he could walk through a strip club and just be like whatever. And uh-huh. if you see Sasha in like a prim little oh. dress, oh, it's all over. Boy, it's all over. He can't handle it. Can't so handle this, it. okay. So basically, Sasha, Sasha is um, gonna event plan a fundraiser yes. so that they can raise the money to make mm-hmm. the preschool go. And it's all very exciting. And he especially thinks it's sexy because she's not just doing it because you know she's Hannah's best friend and this is an mm-hmm. obligation they made, but because she's like really into community too. everyone like she loves those kids and she loves like reading to kids and stuff (laughs) and he uh like it's it's too much on several occasions so the scene i was talking about earlier because we were saying that like it's pining the whole time and you do torture these characters for most of it it's never heavy like when i when i say torture I mean, like, they're walking out to her car, <laughs> and she almost gets hit by a car, and so he just saves her. He throws her out of the way. They end up on the lawn with her on the bottom and him on the top, and she, like, can't, like she, she loses her breath, but it's not really because of the impact, and he's, like, looking into her eyes, and she can't help herself, everyone. She grabs onto his shirt and pulls him closer in a way that was just wonderful (laughs) and it's that kind of thing where like you feel it you're like oh no this is so ah and uh, the most of the book yeah i mean it's a very hungry horny book yes and (laughs) yeah my editor was even like this is this is a really horny book (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and i had to do it in the context of it's it's sort of a slow burn it is but it burns so hard that it doesn't quite feel like a slow burn, if that makes any sense. I mean, that's one of the things we've said on the podcast before. We don't mind a slow burn, 
if it's sizzling. Yeah. Like, it does have to burn in order for that to pay off for me. Yeah. And for me, that's what I like to read, too. That's what I like to read, too. I like there to at least be, like, there has to be, like, some sort of, like, sexual attention on page for me to, like, really, really be invested in a couple just because of how I feel about relationships. Completely. Also, like, I actually saw this really interesting TikTok this week. It's Ooh. on topic that basically posits that romance is speculative fiction in the area of intimate relationships. Yeah. So when people say it's not realistic, it it's because it's like it's what we want to be realistic. Totally. So I'm like, okay, so romance is if romance is speculative fiction, then we're like positing what intimate relationships could be. And so if yeah. they're not if they don't exist that way, they could. They could. And I mean I think in a lot of cases they do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not everyone ends up finding that or choosing mm-hmm. that or whatever. And it's tough, right? Because I think in in real life, you think of whatever your relationship is right now. Yeah. So if you're 15 years into your marriage, you're not watching the characters 15 years into their marriage. You're walking nope. you're watching them in the very beginning. And so that doesn't last forever, but you remember it fondly. And now you have something even deeper and, you know, you have your own little quirks and you have your own little ways that you show each other that you love each other every day in the mundane ways. And like, if you were writing a romance about these two characters 15 years from now, that's very likely what it would look like. But right yes. now it's like the intensity and the, and that's why I feel like, yeah, sure. It, definitely could be speculative fiction. And I think that's a really cool way to put it. Yeah. But I don't think it's not realistic. I never buy into that. No, I don't either. And like, I usually hear that from like dudes who don't want to make an effort that are like, oh, romance isn't realistic. Yeah. Dudes who don't know how to fuck. Yeah. You want to tell me right off the bat that you don't know how to fuck? Tell me that romance is not believable. And I'm like, oh, cool. (laughs) Check. You got to go. (laughs) like you can't find the clitoris thank you yeah resume received bye like you literally (laughs) read a manual and you don't know how to find a clitoris (laughs) yes you read a manual and you're like well i i can't do this and like it's like you got an ikea manual yes (laughs) and you're like i can't follow this i give up yeah my bookshelves never look like that well Seems like that's what they should look like. So exactly, <laughs> I'm gonna find a new contractor. That's yeah, what I'm gonna do. <laughs> you need to get an Allen wrench and get to work. Yeah, you get no pizza for this job. None. I'll tell you that much. None. None. <laughs> All right. So basically, listener, you need to immediately buy Hot Under His Collar. It came out last week in in your time, and I'm very very excited about the whole thing. I can't wait to see the big reaction because I think it's going to be great. I'm very excited. I hope so. I'm I'm really excited about like I just feel I feel really good about this book. Um, I think, you know, like the idea. I was like, oh, I'm really going to do this, and I and I talk to a lot of friends who tend to make big creative, take big creative swings. 
yeah. when they're writing about it and they were like, do it. And I was like, okay, yeah. you're, you're terrible influences, but I'm going to do it. The best influences. <laughs> the best. <laughs> so yeah. And I think like you get to see other characters in the series, which is always fun. And it's like an Easter egg for people. Totally. Because Hannah and Jack are so special to me and getting to see like a little bit more of their story and where that goes and where they are like in their like, yeah. you know, because they're a few years into their, their marriage. So I'm excited about that. But like I, I was like I don't know if I can write a slow burn love story, and I'm glad that at least for you that I could. So oh I, yeah, and I did it. It sizzled. Okay, so we got to get back to the theme because yes. you chose a very special movie for listener today. Yes, and we're we're gonna talk about keeping the faith. <laughs> yes, I well I was torn because I was like, do we talk about season two of Fleabag or we talk? Do we talk about keeping the faith? Right, and like. I feel like we talk I like I feel like I see a lot of conversations still about like season two of Fleabag and like my whole intention was like, okay, so I'm gonna like pay homage to Fleabag in certain respects. But I think one of the films that like made me feel like I wanted to write a priest romance, like deep inside my subconscious for a long, long time was keeping the faith. Totally. I think we have to preface this by saying that if like there's some very problematic representation yes. with respect to um, an Asian character in this film. And it, like, yeah. I watched it twice in preparation and I'm like, oh, this is bad. Like, it's bad twice. <gasps> I actually, today when yeah. I was watching it, I walked out of the room and I was like, I don't want to watch this part. Like, it's, it's, it doesn't really mean a lot to the plot. It's like just such a cheap joke. Yeah, it means nothing to the plot. It didn't really even make sense as far as like what was happening or why it was happening because. In the movie, this salesperson is an Asian man, and he like really plays up this uh, this accent as if English is his second language. And then, like in the middle of the scene, he drops it, and he's like, "Oh, you guys look cool, so I'm gonna, you know, use my American voice, I guess." And I, I was just like, "I don't, I don't like it. I, I kind of want to burn it with fire." Yeah. Like I, I just I fast forwarded, and it was gross, and you know, whatever. But it. It's such a it was such a weird like it just sprang up out of nowhere. It really all did. All of a sudden. It really did. And it was like disappointing. It was, so it's the movie stars Ed Norton, Ben Stiller and Jenna Elfman. Yes. And Ed Norton was actually the director of the film. Really? So, yes. Yes, I was looking it up on IMDb and he was the director. He wasn't the writer, so he did not necessarily write that right. terrible joke. Totally. But I I feel like it could have been the project pro, like the product of a studio exec saying the movie's not funny enough. Sure. Yeah, and 21 years ago, they were 21 like, years ago. Let's, let's do this then. Yeah. And it's bad. And and I think one of it, the reasons it was so jarring is because one of like the pillars of this film's plot is interfaith relationships, like intercultural, yes. mesh, you know, cultures meshing and the the beauty of that. And so to have to have it be to be so careful about religious stuff and then just like ham fist this weird racist thing in there. I was like, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was incomprehensible. It's like incomprehensible to watch that part of the movie in 2021. Yeah. But there's so like, I feel like it's still worth watching if you fast forward that part because there's so much good stuff in this movie. Yeah, it's I'm going to say it. It's like really tops in my should have been a throuple. It's like this is it, the, it joins it joins this means war and it's yeah. should have been a thruple. Sort I'm real of, mad about it. 
real mad. I'm real mad about it. Like, I, I am usually mad about this sort of thing, but I'm especially <laughs> mad about it here. I'm real mad about it. Because, like, we can agree that Brian and Jake are in love, correct? Brian and Jake have been in love since before puberty. Yes. And Jenna Elfman, what's her name? Anna. Anna throws way more saucy looks at the priest than she does to even her secret boyfriend. And like it it was like it gets to the point where I was like a like a tiny bit creeped out because like that's that's just, you know, you can be really familiar with your friends or whatever. But she like took it to a level that was like thruple or bust, you know? Yeah, that's all. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like I was just like. Poor Brian. Poor like really, Brian. There are a set, there are a couple of one eighties in this movie that we're gonna have to talk about to the end. But let's do the the you know rough plot yes. and we'll talk about it okay. on the way. Okay. So Edward Norton. It opens up. He's drunk AF. He's falling down in the street. I love a drunk priest. And honestly, I think this is how Patrick's dad owning the bar came about. Yeah, yeah, I got to get him in a bar. Yeah. I got to get him in a bar. We need those forearms in a bar, you know? Yeah. Needs to happen. (laughs) Yes. Yes, Like the forearm porn in a bar. Yeah. Because like when you're you're dealing with the priest, there's only so much skin you can show (laughs) and forearms are about it. Uh Uh-huh. And it worked. So, and I, my note is rock bottom, question mark. And then I said, and then it says, uh-huh. he's priest, three exclamation points, because I didn't know. It's the first time I've watched this movie. Okay. So he goes into this bar and like Edward Norton does this weird thing where he talks to a, a stranger and he's like, if I told you I was going to drop everything because I love you, what would you say? <laughs> and she's like, check, please. He's she's I gotta, like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta go. I mean, like, Ed Norton would have to be pretty drunk for me right? and to approach me at a bar and have me be like, check, please. Yeah. I would <laughs> I would need some more evidence, I think, probably. Yeah. You know, before I came to any firm conclusions. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, so, like, what are you talking about dropping everything? Yeah, right, right, right. Everything right? you're going to drop. What are like, we dropping? <laughs> are, are you tra- dropping your trousers? Are we dropping all those like, clothes? Is that, <laughs> is yeah. that what's happening? <laughs> I'm like Edward's like I don't know he's like a proto Ryan Gosling for me. Ooh, okay, yeah, like Ryan Gosling could have played that role, I think. Oh yeah, as well. Yeah, he could have nailed yeah. that role. So he's proto Ryan Gosling in this movie specifically. Yeah. So this makes the bartender come over, and he's a South Asian man, and that becomes sort of important later. Like it, it does put the it does move the plot forward a tiny bit it does and so he's like you you need to tell me your whole story like what's happening over here and edward norton like he unzips his like you know thing and you can see the collar and then he shows this bartender a picture of three children which like again you're like oh this was <laughs> this was obviously pre it was like pre the spotlight investigation. Yeah. So let's just let's just clarify that. So like there was no there was none of that sort of like baggage with like priests. At least because, on a like, public level. Right? On a public level. Yeah. There was definitely privately, but there was none of yeah. the sort of like, oh, we're gonna have a have a priest in a movie. Totally. Yeah. yeah, and then what? Whip out a photo of children. children. Anyway, it's fine though because he is one of the children. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> um, it's him and his friend Ben Stiller, 
and his other friend, Jenna Elfman. And we get the whole story of how they met when they were like sixth graders. Yeah, like 13. It's adorable. What I don't... So basically, Jenna, the Jenna Elfman character saves both um, Brian and Jake yes. from a, a bully by uh-huh. kicking him in the nuts. Yeah. And she's like a total tomboy and she like beats them at like like racing. Yeah. And she, she really reminds me a lot of my niece, Lucy, who... Like, she's like, all the boys are in love with me. I beat them at everything. Oh, I love that energy. She needs to keep that energy forever. Forever. She's a queen. She's a queen. (laughs) HBs, I have to scream for a minute about a wonderful company for all of your romance and BTS merch. I know a ton of you love both. It's called Literary Souvenirs. Prashita and Devisha are two sisters and fangirls who create beautiful designs for apparel, enamel pins, acrylic keychains, handmade resin bookmarks, coasters, jewelry, and so much more. Seriously, they do it all. They just released brand new designs for HB favorites like Neon Gods and The Love Hypothesis. Plus, they have a History Huh shirt from Red, White, and Royal Blue that I currently have in my cart and a stunning from Blood and Ash enamel pin. I'm going to link their Etsy and social media pages for individual orders, but I also need to rave about my experience with their custom design and bulk ordering. Jenny and I decided to have enamel pins made for the first 100 supporters of Bonkers Romance and Prashida and Devisha went above and beyond. Not only did they do a beautiful custom design of our I Went Bonkers first pins, but working with them was a dream. They were so responsive and accommodating, and they did an amazing job keeping us updated during the production process. I cannot recommend them enough for any of your custom needs. And also, you can get any of the current merchandise in bulk. Just let them know what you want. So... Go support this small, woman-owned family business by following Literary Souvenirs on social media and checking out the goods on Etsy. You won't regret it. In an unreceptive job market. Desperate for cash, she reluctantly agrees to her realtor stepmother's marketing scheme. Infiltrate a local senior center as a recreational aid ingratiate herself with the members and convince them to sell their homes. Jay Prentice is a straight-laced, overprotective attorney whose beloved but mentally fragile Nana attends that center. More creative than mercenary, Kara discovers she loves working with the seniors and convinces Jay to finance innovations to the center's antiquated programming. Her ingenuity injects new enthusiasm among the seniors inspiring them to confront and reverse the regrets of their past. An unlikely romance develops, but when Kara's memoir-writing class prompts Jay's Nana to skip town in search of a lost love, the two take off on a cross-country, soul-searching chase that will either deepen their relationship or tear them apart forever. One reviewer said, Charming, funny, and heartwarming, the queen of second chances is not just a love story where two people discover each other. It's a story of self-discovery. You can find The Queen of Second Chances via every major distributor, and I'll include the link in our show notes. Well, and they were also saying that, like, 
you know, most, I mean, there was this weird comment, like most teenage girls are like fickle. And I was like, fuck you, Ed Norton. That's not a thing. No. But like, you know, she, she always stood by them no matter what other boys there were or distractions or whatever. Like she was, she's very loyal. And that's one of the things they loved about her. Yes. But she moves away the summer after eighth grade. And then after that, the boys only have each other mm-hmm. and they sort of become obsessed with the other's religion. So Ed Norton slash Brian is Catholic and Ben Stiller slash Jake is Jewish. And Ben Stiller like collects rabbi cards, like baseball <laughs> cards. I think it's the most adorable thing ever. The cutest thing I've ever seen. It is so cute because he's like, I have this one. I ha- don't have this one. I have this one. Yeah. And they're so just cute. they're just like famous rabbis and I am into it <laughs> weirdly I just I it. mean I just love it I just I love how much they both love God and that's how their, their like relationship totally best friendship develops but they are also in a romantic relationship they're in a very homosocial homoerotic relationship <laughs> they that are. has not quite gotten to the physical but certainly could at any moment I feel like at any moment <laughs> and it's really a missed opportunity yeah Swing and a miss, filmmakers. Hollywood. Okay. Come on. All right. So anyway, they grow up and they both become uh, men of the cloths. So Ed yes. Norton becomes a priest. Ben Stiller becomes a rabbi. And at first, it's they, they do this like hilarious slapstick, th- slapstick thing where like oh, they're really like bad at their jobs. Like setting his robes on fire <laughs> and like having to sit in the <laughs> baptismal font. I mean, that's. That's like just add more of those jokes right? instead of the racist stuff. That's just what I'm add, saying. You had so many add more of that good stuff in there. You know? Yes. Yeah. That was they nailed that. But then they both become like really, really good at what they do, and they're funny and they're engaging and they like breathe new life into their congregations. And so their congregations go from like two people to like packed, you know, synagogue packed, packed houses. House. All right. So then they want to collaborate because they're like we have been in love with each other since childhood. And we are are of different faiths. So I think that we need to, like, work on an interfaith program. And so they're turning this formerly gay bar, disco, question mark. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a weird gentrification. Yeah. Of, like, a, of, a, of a gay landmark. But, you know, okay. Like, I, I feel like it's welcoming. Sure. I mean, Ed Norton and Ben Stiller are welcoming. They just <laughs> haven't admitted it yet. All right. So, oh yeah, and then they walk around with their with their black clothes and their sunglasses and Smooth mm-hmm. by Santana is playing and it did things to my <laughs> nether regions that I was confused about. Andy. Okay, so okay, I think we could stop and say that this whole movie fucks. This whole, this whole movie. movie fucks. Okay, here's my main complaint. They don't make mid-budget, like, rom-coms anymore. Yeah. And the rom-coms they do make don't really fuck. Yeah. Like. Agreed. They're not fucking rom-coms. This is, like, a fucky rom-com. Yeah. Yeah. About a priest and a rabbi and their best friend. And they their swords should cross and might in the future. They should cross. It's 21 years later, everybody. It could have happened in their fictional world. All right. So. Ben, they're they're playing basketballs, and Ben Stiller, mm. the rabbi, is like, I might not get a promotion because I don't have a wife. 
And so all of these meddling mamas, basically, like he's he's getting a big Bridgerton first book of Bridgerton. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's a region. It's a real Regency vibe. He's in a Duke of Hastings situation. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Okay, so the, another thing I don't love about the movie is the first woman he like Lisa Edelstein, who he, he goes out with. Yeah, she's so stereotypical, like New York Jewish girl that yeah. I was just like, ooh, this yeah. is. And she's like, I work out all the time, punch me in the – that was like a little bit – I was like, I don't think we can she do that She refers to herself as a princess in a way that is real uncomfortable. Yeah, that one that one wasn't great either. Yeah. I mean, and, and she's also like rude to a homeless man. She like assaults a homeless man. <laughs> she really does. It was terrible. And I was like, this is not – this is not a good look. Well, and that made me feel really good about when she got punched. You know, <laughs> it did. It did. <laughs> I was like, I was like, it's fine that he punched her. Yeah, like it's. I'm cool with it now. <laughs> yeah, first. no. It, <laughs> I was like, that's that's actually okay. Yeah, like, we're gonna we're gonna apply some revisionist history, and it's fine. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> like, and also, like, what kind? Of, like, that would be a great story to tell at a cocktail party. Let me tell you about the time I got punched in the stomach by a rabbi. Yes. Yeah, a rabbi who I wanted to fuck. All right. So, okay. But the other thing that I found hilarious about this basketball scene is that he's doing a big Duke of Hastings. But then he's like, and you know what? Like, I never know who's interested in me for me and who's interested in me because I'm just like this superstar rabbi. It's just so hard. My life is so hard, Ben Stiller says. And I'm like... I, I don't know what world this is. I'm not familiar with this world. I'm sure it exists. But like... I have not experienced it. <laughs> I like it. I mean, I, I I love it. I love it. I feel like it's like a little bit like I feel like if you're into that vibe, read the intimacy experiment. Ooh, yeah. And like, yeah, a little get get a little Ethan. Yeah, I guess the thing that made me laugh about this is just that it gave me so many like I'm a movie star, and so yes, I yes, can't yes. date, or like I'm a billionaire, so my life is hard because I never know who likes me. <laughs> But in this case, it's just because he like preaches real good in synagogue. It's, I don't, I don't know. I liked it. It was cool. <laughs> I did, I did, I did. I mean, it was great. I mean, and then the other really great part from this like section was Ed Norton, um, like hearing the confession of the little boy. Yes. Oh my I god, loved it. And speaking Spanish. Also, Ed Norton speaking Spanish. Yes, that was that was a pivotal moment. For me. And telling and telling the little boy it was okay to have sexual feelings about a girl with big boobs. And I was like, that's you know, yeah. it's just so understanding. And later on he's totally cool with the fact that, that same kid walks by Jenna Elfman and talks about how great her culo her- is. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing this, huh? <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. Cause this movie fucks. This okay. This movie fucks. It's so good. Okay. So Edward Norton, the priest, Brian, is like Hey, do you remember the coolest girl we've ever known in our lives? And without missing a beat, Rabbi Jake is like Je- or Jenna Elfman, Anna Riley. Yeah. A- I think. Anna Banana. Anna I love ban- it. They call her An- Anna Banana. So cute. And so Ed Norton is like, she's coming to town and we need to see her. And then Jake's first question is like, she she called you? Oh, I wonder why she wouldn't call me. <laughs> and Edward Norton's like, stop being a child. Okay, so they pick her up at the airport, and she is like this this sexy, slow-walking, fan-sprayed fan supermodel. Fan sprayed. 
I got to tell you what I love about how, what they did with her character. Yeah. Because she is the opposite of like the klutzy rom-com yes. heroine. Yes. Like she is always like well put together. She's – I don't love that she's a little not like other girls, but I, I love that she's just like a hard ass. Yeah. And that's like one of the things that makes her sexiest to the other main characters. Yeah. I love that she's just like, I am super ambitious and that is my thing. Yep. And she's super competent. She knows her worth yes. the whole time. She, mm-hmm. I guess someone would call her, I don't know, a ball buster. Is that a thing? That That's a oh, thing people say. Yeah. Right? It is. It, it's a thing people say and I always view it as like a compliment if someone calls yeah, me a ball buster. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I'm busting the balls. Yeah, it's great. It's really good stuff. I mean, so this movie also was a little bit confusing to me because I personally don't find Jenna Elfman or Ben Stiller that hot or charming or attractive, just like as no. humans, you know? No. Mm-mm. But somehow this movie fucks. It really does. Yeah. I feel like it, like it, like the the way it was shot kind of like really emphasizes like the tactile relationship yeah and like also like the atmospheric version of new york is so nice yeah 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 yeah. um and it feels a little bit more diverse Mm -hmm. even though all of these main characters are white it feels a little bit more diverse than most like movies like rom-coms set in new york totally and especially in the in 2000 in 2000 yeah yeah so they go to dinner and she's like, I don't have time for relationships. I am a workaholic. It's one of those situations. <laughs> it's like very early cell phone. She has a very early yes. cell phone and she's very obsessed with it. Uh-huh. And then after dinner, they go to the rectory, which, of course, she makes a, a joke about how it sounds dirty. And that's true. That's just objectively true. Rectory is a dirty word. Yes. All right. So then they talk about how Ben Stiller is getting set up by all the moms Oh, so then this is when he goes on the date with that. I called her the jogger at first, the exercise enthusiast who, yes, who hates housing insecure people. <laughs> yes. Not, not okay. Yes. She's terrible. She also uses but the also R he's sort of terrible. Oh, yeah, she does. Oh, God. Yeah. That happens too. People used that in 2000. That's true. And it wasn't great. Not a great it's time. It's jarring. Yeah. Oh, and, and the reason I should say we should we should make it clear that he's not just hauling off and punching her. No, she tells him, like, I my abs are steel. <laughs> Exercise videos are my life. Yep. Punch me. Punch me. And she, like, says and he it over goads and him over. into it, yeah. Yeah, until he finally does. And then she's not ready for it. And so she goes down immediately. But they still supposedly have a great night. And then when they go home, she's like trying to coerce him up to her apartment in this really uncomfortable way. And he like has to make up a puppy to get out of it. And then finally, she's like pulling on his body so much that when he loosens from her grasp, she falls down on the ground again. <laughs> oh, she, I, I like I must have like looked away from the screen from that today because I like I was like, that's really going somewhere for your comedy. This was a high impact date. You know, it was a high impact date. Like she probably should have gotten checked out at the ER for like a concussion I, at the end of the day. I would have, I would have suggested that. Is all I'm saying. When I leave a date with bruises, it's usually much more fun than this. Exactly. This is not how I like to get my bruises. Thank bruises. you. No. 
Okay, so now she's doing important business. And you know that she's doing important business because she has on a, a headset and she has a scowl. Headset, yes. And she has a view. And she has a view. And this is when we see the neighbor who's always boning in his office, Andy. Always boning in his office. And she's got little binoculars. Like, how did she know she needed little binoculars? I don't know, but she's a goddamn genius. Right. It's good stuff. So she's horny. That's that's what we established yeah. there. Is that she's horny. Yeah, because so. she's not scandalized by this at all. I think I would have at no. least been like shocked in real life. But she's just like, oh, get it, bro. Wow. Look at you. Look at that form or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was very yeah. funny. It was it was that was a good joke. Yeah. And then so she goes walking in the park with Brian, I think is like the first. And she asks yeah. him what he does about sex. Yeah. And how he feels about it. And he's like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Right. And I'm like, oh, it's a big deal because you're really into Anna. Uh-huh. Like. Yeah. But he's just like, you know, my my vocation gives me a lot of fulfillment. And like at this point, he says he says it's like quitting smoking for the first couple of years. Like you really miss it. But then afterwards, you're just like, meh, no worries. Like, my dick is basically falling off at this point. And she's like, I quit smoking and I want one every day. Like, I want. Yeah, she's like, if I see someone smoking, I want to French kiss them just to <laughs> get the smoke. And I'm like, if that isn't that- a metaphor that's very literally applied, I don't know what is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And so then they're like, okay, so we're not going to talk about sex anymore. Yeah, because it gets. And she's her- like, you're really great. You're really great for doing that. Like, I could never, but you're really great. Yeah. And she she does that thing where she's like, I mean, I just like, I just need like touch after a while, you know, like, and it's all, it's all very close. All of these people are very close talkers in a way that I feel like, I don't know, Andy, it just felt like way more than friendship, especially friendship that you haven't seen each other in 15 years. Right. Because let's review. They haven't spoken since eighth grade. And suddenly she's just like, I could never forget my clitoris exists. Have you? Did you know <laughs> that my nipples are hard right now, friend priest? <laughs> like, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, because I'm trying to think about how I talk to like male friends. Yeah, it's not like, like it's this. Dumb. <laughs> not not in not unless I'm literally trying to fuck them. Yes, like, like in the moment, even moment. like uh, it's intense. Is all I'm saying. Also, and even and even then, I need a crowded bar to get yes. like that close and make it real. Yes, like absolutely not, not in a big old park. Not in a big right. old park. Completely. Also, we forgot to tell them about the conversation she has with Rabbi um, Ben Stiller, and she asked him like, "What were you wearing on your date?" And like paint the Ooh. picture for me. Yeah, they're they are heavy duty hardcore flirting. Oh, it's big, big time. And he has just been counseling a kid who's about to have his bar mitzvah. It's very cute. Who like his voice? Like it's so cute. There are so many cute things about this movie. And then she called. This is right after she sees the sex. And so this yes. is when I knew I was like, this is why this this is why their end game. Because yeah. like, she immediately thinks of, of Rabbi Jake. She thinks of calling him. Yes. Yep. She's not calling Brian. She's going to ask about it later. But Poor she's, Brian. She's, poor Brian. <laughs> okay, yeah. So she, boy, she's talking about what he's wearing and how he looks and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And it's a lot. And he says his shoes are big, which means he thinks his schwanz is big. Yeah. That's right. Yep. 
it's it's great stuff. So now we see like some of the some of the new agey stuff he's doing to keep Temple like really really cool and and yes. get people connected to their faith and stuff. He gets the gospel choir in. Yeah, yeah, that was cool as so shit. Cool. I loved it. I loved it every second. And how oh. like scandalized like the old guy on the board was, and I yes. loved it. And his mom was into it. Yeah, the whole congregation loved it. They like fell over themselves. And again, it's another nod to like interfaith mingling and and you know how how people of different faiths can still lift each other up and I like it yes. was this whole movie does that so often. Okay. And now afterwards he gets a date with a celebrity foreign correspondent. She's a Imagine. news lady yeah. on TV. Yes. Rachel Rose. Yes. So he does the the most normal, logical thing that you would do when you get a date with one viable woman in a year, and that is invite your priest and the best friend who you really want to fuck on your date to the date as a double date. And, 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 Andy, he says that they have to pretend they're a couple. And so they <laughs> kiss oh, full oh. on the mouth multiple fucking times. Full on the mouth. Open fucking mouth they're kissing, Andy. What? Do you do this with your friends? Any of them? Any of them? I mean, there's like, there's two friends that I kiss hello and goodbye. It is never an almost French kiss. I mean, it's. A guy friend that I want to fuck. That is like yeah. me. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I'm just like making, like, that's just me making it clear. Like, <laughs> I'm into it. I want to hop on that D, it says. Yeah, that's what it says. The fact that she's so confused at the end when he's like, I love you. I thought you loved me too. How did you not know this? And I'm like, you you have literally made out with him before, Jenna Elfman. Yes. In public, and not, not e- and not even, and also not even for show, because at the end of this date yeah. that they go on, she kisses him on the mouth again. I know she's always kissing him right on the mouth. <laughs> okay, right on the mouth, right, just right there, and winking at him, constant winkage, constant. <laughs> and like again, this was where I got a little confused because when Jenna Elfman winks, it creeps me out. But I knew <laughs> that it was also hot, you know, and so it was meh, it was weird for me. Yeah, the Scientology really actually, because I didn't, when I first saw this movie, I didn't like know anything about Scientology. Oh. But now, like, and so that's probably why it imprinted on me as so much sexier than it does now. Oh, that would make sense. That, that's, that's certainly a layer that could have contributed mm-hmm. to it. Sure. Oh, boy. It's July, folks. That means new Bonkers Book Club selections. And let me tell you, our cup runneth over. First, there's a historical smorgasbord. You get the entire box set of Nicola Davidson's Surrey SFS series. If you're not familiar, that stands for Sexual Freedom Society. This box set includes five ridiculously spicy historicals, with a variety of gender pairings and trios, and so much more that makes my heart sing. Then, Jenny and Katie are offering up one of their all-time favorites, Brutal Prince by Sophie Lark. That's the mafia book where the heroine accidentally sets the hero's house on fire, and then 
make sure her mouth is full of strawberries because she knows he's extremely allergic. Best wedding kiss ever, right? And then we decided to do a little bonus. We wanted to see if audiobooks are something you'd like as part of book club. And Kayla Rain and Meg Ann have a series called The Mate Games. You get to listen to book one, Obsession. It's a paranormal reverse harem that's done with duet narration. And the cast of narrators is insanely good. So Joybringers have tons to look forward to. If you want to join, check out our website. The link is in the show notes. Okay, so like the whole point is at this date, she has way more chemistry with both men because she's making hard eyes at Ben Stiller and foreign correspondent is like getting called to Iraq and stuff. And like Ben Stiller does not want to leave with this bitch. He wants to leave with Jenna Elfman and his friend. Yes. And go back to the rectory. Yeah, he wants to. He wants to go back and wreck her and him. Yes. Because he's a top. He's definitely he's 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 completely a top. Yeah. And Edward Norton, Brian is a switch. You know, he's a switch. Yeah, for sure. So it would work out in all ways is all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, Anna's definitely a brat. So that's so we got yes. that whole. Oh, yeah. That's some good stuff right there. It's a dynamic mm-hmm. that would work perfectly ad infinitum, right? In perpetuity. Mm-hmm. It would work forever with the three of them. And it doesn't fucking happen. All right. So in the car, she talks about not like she talks about not seeing things before. Like being in a place yeah. that's like the museum or something. And she's like, and then I noticed this painting I'd never seen before. Does that make any sense to you? And he's like, well, you're not ready to see things until you're ready to see them. He says, leaning in and making hard eyes at her mouth. And it looks like they're flirting, but she's really thinking about Ben Stiller. She is. She is. One thing I do appreciate about this movie is that like the the dialogue was like so is so like a little bit layered. Oh, yeah. And. I like that they're all sort of like arty city people. Like I think that's like a like a cool dynamic about this movie. Like yeah, I mean I also think like their communication skills for a rom com, their communication skills are very very good. Really really good. Yeah, completely. And when the communication breaks down, it's always very relatable. Like you're like, yes. oh yeah, that makes sense. That that wouldn't mm-hmm. go wrong. Yeah, cool. It's yeah. never like just open your mouths and talk. Because that's always my biggest thing with a lot of, like, Hollywood rom-coms. Okay. And then, okay, I'm having a hard time with this because when she kisses Edward Norton goodbye, because there is that kiss goodbye, it is a full-on kiss on the mouth. But then she ends it with, like, a mwah sound. And that's not a sexy kiss. You know what I mean? Like, so it seems sexy. And then she goes, mwah. And I'm like, does she want to fuck him, though? And then everybody's confused. Yeah, because he's confused with good reason. Yeah, maybe that's what they were going for. If so, I mean, she also like flashed her like cell phone like on her upper thigh like during dinner. Oh my god! So to both of them, appropriate. Yes, inappropriate. Well, while one of her friends is on a date with somebody else, she's just like, "Look at my garter cell phone. Maybe (laughs) some snatch too. This is my snatch." And he literally (laughs) says like. Wow, that's sexy. And I'm just like, guys, I, <laughs> what's happening? 
happening right now? Are we just not drunk enough to end up falling into bed together at the rectory? Is that the problem? Can we get a carafe of wine in here? I don't know. (laughs) Should somebody slip and fall into somebody else's lap? Why didn't Andy J. Christopher write this movie? That's all I'm saying. (laughs) I mean, I would have gotten an NC-17 rating. (laughs) Minimum. <laughs> Minimum. Like Netflix would have like had to like hide it or something. They it would be like like you have to search it. Like you can't find it. Oh my god, it's so true. So then Ben Stiller shows the fuck up at her door and she says, What are you yeah. doing here? And he says, What are you what am what, I doing? I don't know. What am I doing here? He says. And she just grabs him by the scruff of his fucking neck, and it's on TM. They're fucking God. right now. They they fuck so much. Yeah, in this movie, loved it. I mean, I, I was just like, it. this is this is so fantastic. I love the part where she's like in his apartment and getting dressed, and he's just like looking at her. Oh yeah, and I'm just like, ugh, that is that's the stuff. Where that she like she walks stuff. by, so we see her only in the doorway, but we see his yeah. eyes tracking her form the whole way, mm. and she's just in a bra and panties. Like, come on, movie, you did well. That's good stuff right there. Yeah, it's very sexy. And so there's the sexy, sexy montage where they're having sex all the time. Yeah. And like Brian has no idea. Yeah, we should say that they have an explicit talk where they're like, this mm. is gonna be casual. We both know it's no strings attached, it's while she's in town. And they both agree not to tell Brian. It's like a thing. Mm. We're not telling Brian. They agree. That was an and awful choice, but it's yeah. Fucked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like really rude. It doesn't honor their friendship. It doesn't lead to them all falling into bed together. I don't yeah. like it. I don't like it at all. They hold hands in his Catholic mass. They hold hands while he's giving first communion. I know. Like, it's, guys, there are boundaries. And if you're keeping your friend in the dark, you may not hold hands in front of him, is my boundary, <laughs> I guess. I just came up with it right now. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a it's a good boundary. Ba- like, I also, like, got a little agitated at the scene where um, Jake throws Anna's um, in the cell phone mailbox. into the mailbox. I, I'd fucking kill him at that point. Like, he'd be right? dead. It would be over. We are never fucking speaking again. Right. Especially since like, like, and this is not even counting early cell phone workaholic. Like, this is just my cell phone that I can, you know, it's like an everyday thing at this point. Mm -hmm. At that point, Jesus, crazy town. So the montage goes from like super horny sex times to like sweet holding hands in the church times. And then to like the, oh, real problems are happening with, yeah. you know, because him getting they, annoyed with her. Yeah. And they start, they also like go to, I don't know if it's like the cloisters or the Met or wherever they go oh, with yeah. his mom. Yes. And she finds out that his mom is not speaking to Jake's brother because he, well, like it comes out in a couple of scenes, but where, because. Ethan, Jake's brother, married a non-Jew. Yeah. Yeah. Mom's not down with the shiksiness. So she's not speaking to them. Yeah. She completely, she, I was going to say excommunicated. That's not it. Disowned her son mm-hmm. and like refuses to talk about, like even, even to get updates from Ben Stiller. It's real weird. Okay. And then they do run into a bunch of important people from the <gasps> synagogue at yes. one of their dates. They're at the movies. 
And they end up going to, and it's like Rachel Rose's mother is there. Yes. And Anna ends up sitting next to her at the movie. And trying to hold his hand. And and he's like, get off me. And she, I couldn't tell if she like was actually mad. And then she was like, no, I got to be the cool girl. Or like if she was just fucking with him. I think it's the first, right? I think she was actually mad. I think she, like, yeah. they were, de- they're def- they definitely have more serious feelings than they are willing to admit to themselves. Yes. At this point. And she's also like, I think part of, I think this is before she finds out, like, that his mother's not speaking to his brother because he married a Shiksa. Yes. She's starting to think, like, why would we not pursue this more seriously? Right. Like, we like each other a lot. Like, we this, could. It, yeah, we could. Yeah, this feels like sort of forever, but she doesn't she doesn't realize that her being a gentile is like such a roadblock even right. though like he, you know, he is a very popular and movie star rabbi. Okay, so now we have party on pier. She does almost get caught yes. at his apartment, but she takes him to this party on the pier for her office. Ed Norton yes. does find out that he's her date to this thing, this work function. Yes, because he almost catches them at at Jake's apartment. Yeah. But he doesn't. And Ed Norton, poor Brian, he's like, let's go pick up like the karaoke machine. Yeah. And Jake's like, I got a thing with Anna. And then Brian's jealous. It's very upsetting. And I mean, yeah. Anna's still hanging out with Brian during this whole thing. Like yeah. she's like walking real close to him. Rubbing like, up on him. Yeah. If I'm touching, being- touching, kissing him on yeah. the mouth. So many of those. <laughs> yeah. And so, all right, so he takes her to the, the pier, or she takes him to the pier, and, like, during that, she's like, I have the opportunity to get a big, a big-time promotion. promotion. I would go to San Francisco, and he's like, wow, it's everything you've ever wanted. And she's like, or, like, I realized I'm not as excited stay. about promotion as I am about us, so I could stay. And he is a deer in the headlights. He has an immediate, like, his rectum clenches reaction. You can see it. You can see it. Yeah. <laughs> and then On she's, face. Ooh, and she's like, okay, never mind. Let's go dance. And it's weird. And she's like, shot, shot. Like, oh, God. I, like I, I saw myself in that scene. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was just vulnerable, and I'm going to douse that in alcohol. Uh-huh. That's right. And then they go to shop at dinner. Mm-hmm. She at and Brian. House. Yeah, go to go to Shabbat dinner at his mom's house. She fat shames her son when he was a child, her older son that she, he, she doesn't she talk to She no anymore. longer speaks to. I was like, that's that's not very nice. Like she's like really burning bridges. Like yeah, Edward Norton makes eyes at her all night, and this is where Jenna oh Elfman does many more winks. So many winks. Yeah, I don't know. And then the mom ambushes her while the boys are doing dishes. Like good boys, they are. Mm-hmm. Um and she's Such like boys. Yeah. She's like, is my son a good kisser? Oh. Oh shit. Oh no. Mama knows. Yeah. Mama knows. Yeah. And so the boys come back out after, you know, Ben Stiller is like, You seem like you're in a really good mood. And Edward Norton in his brain is like, Well, I'm totally in love, and she's in love with me too. And I'm just like getting my ducks in a row. But he <laughs> instead he's like, I don't have anything to talk about. And so they come out and the ladies are hugging and sobbing. Yeah, it's not it's not great. It's not great. It's not what you want to see. So then this is where it all falls apart. Do you wanna do you wanna break yes. down? 
this fight scene. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so they go back to – so Jake and Anna go back to Anna's apartment, and they have – like, it's one of the best on-screen rom-com fights. Yeah. I think Agreed. ever. I think worth watching the movie for. This is why I, like, even with all of its problems, I'm still like, okay, I recommend because, like, they just have it out. Yes. And you can see, like, they sh- they're showing their work that there is – Based on their positions right now, there is no solution. Or future. They admit they're in love with each or future. Yeah. They admit that they both admit they're in love with each other. And it's just, it's so painful. And then, you know, she walks out of her own apartment and then she like walks back in and is like, no, you leave. Like, yeah. She's like, oh, this is my apartment. <sighs> you this have is to my leave. apartment. You have to leave. Because she is so frustrated with him. Because he's so willing to like foster an interfaith community in so many other ways, but he's yep. he's just those ways end at sort of matrimonial bliss or like serious romantic relationship. Yeah. And I thought I thought this shouldn't been as much of a shock to her since she knows no. that he's so close to his mom and she knows mm-hmm. now that his mom did hard disown her own her other son for this exact thing. But the most gutting line in the whole in the whole fight, I think, he says, I'm sorry, I don't think there's room in your life for what I've spiritually committed to. And holy yeah. fuck balls. Yikes town. That that hurts. And we find out why it hurts like extra bad later. Because yes. she's been like sneaking off to do these like quote unquote classes and he can't figure out if it's like you know, aerobics or pottery or like what it is. Anyway, so she has a full on meltdown and calls Brian to come over. This poor puppy is so excited. This, oh, this baby. Or just poor puppy. Oh, he's like such a sweet baby angel. I know. So he comes over and she's like sobbing and she's like, there's something wrong with me and I'm a loser. And she's like, Brian, do you think my life is shallow? Like I'm not... I'm not capable of spirituality or whatever. And he's very confused. And then finally, she's like, there's something I have to tell you. He's like, I know. I know. Don't worry about it. I know. And then, boy, does he. he kisses her. He makes out with her face. He does. He tries to eat her whole face. Actually, that's literally my note. (laughs) It says, I have something huge to tell you. And then my note says, and he's like, I'm going to eat your face. I love you too. (laughs) Because that's really what happened. (laughs) He eats her face. Yeah. He he, is rusty. He looks like a man. Yeah, he looks like a man who hasn't kissed anyone in years and years. (laughs) I mean, you would think all those full on the mouth, almost French kisses would have brought some of it back i mean i know but he is a puppy so you know you can't. he's a puppy so he's, he's gonna lick your whole face yeah this is where he finds out they've been together since july and he his reaction he's, to this is so funny to me because like he's standing there and he's like almost mm-hmm. hyperventilating and so he goes over and he gets a bottle of water and he's like wait you and jake are in love and she's like yeah and so he takes a drink and he's, she, he goes like, really? And she's like, yeah, we've been together since July. And this shocks him so much that he just pours all of the water all over his head. Over his head. <laughs> like, it's such a good visual gag. It is such a good visual gag. And also relatable. Like, yes. 
Because he's like, I'm not sure what to do right now. I'm going to pour all this water over my head before uh-huh. I literally go on a bender. Yeah. When I was 18, I got so upset one day that I I just did a manic a wall stand. Like I was I was trying to explain to people like how this person had hurt my feelings and I couldn't even handle it. And so I just like disengaged from the conversation, walked over to a wall and did a headstand. And everyone was like, do what do we do? <laughs> like is she yeah, has what she is happening fully here? off her rocker? <laughs> no, I was just 18, everyone. That's normal. Yeah. Normal stuff. Yeah. At 18. I mean, you gotta move your energy. And so it's true. It's true. And so now this is drunk night because he's very embarrassed. He steals her booze. And so this is when we find out that the bartender, because he's like, bartender, you know, if this is confessional, because that's how the bartender starts. He like puts a, he puts a bar towel around his neck and he's like, all right, son, when was the last time you had a drink? (laughs) (laughs) It's like a, a minute and a half ago. Yeah. And that's what gets him to finally like open up and tell his whole story. And so now we're like at present times. And the guy and he's like, okay, give me advice. That's what you do. I like I need penance or I need advice. I need something. And he's like, I can't do that for you. But we find out that he is he says that he's a half Punjabi Sikh Catholic Muslim because of like different family connections. Yes. I can't remember exactly. And like his grandmother was a Catholic nun. And that's how he ended up with the bar. And that's a really long story. And I was like, yeah. It's so great. And it's one of, it's once again like that, like the beauty of, of interfaith fellowship. Yeah. You know? Exactly. It, it's, it, it puts a little, it puts a little like a punctuation mark on like the message of the movie in a yeah. way that I felt was like, it was not gratuitous. Right. Not trying to like, like it made a point, but it wasn't like too much. And I really liked that about that part. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like even though he has all of these other, influences in his life it didn't Uh erase the fact that he's south asian it didn't erase like the the religion he has chosen given all of those influences like it was it was a i thought it was really neat oh oh, and he's like i don't do penance but i do shots and so they do more shots (laughs) it's adorable like that seems unwise but it's cute yes you know i know everybody made choices that day but was this after? Was this after he goes? To, like I feel like this might now have been he, right after he goes to the he goes synagogue, to the synagogue right? now. Oh God, he's okay, still okay, drunk okay. the next day. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, and boy, does he crash that poor that poor thirteen year old synagogue. <laughs> yeah, the poor like the poor bar like bar mitzvah boy. Yep. Mm-hmm. He crashed and he was like, the rabbi stole my girlfriend, and he's like <laughs> in the collar, and you're like. Oh God! <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny, and then they oh. get in a f- a physical fight, full on fight, <laughs> full on fight, and like Ben Stiller in front of everybody who's now obviously at the door eavesdropping. Ben Stiller's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Is what you're saying that I should have like been sensitive to the possibility that you would have romantic feelings for my sacred girlfriend?" <laughs> and like everybody's listening. <laughs> everybody's listening. And he goes, "You, a Catholic priest, with yes. feelings for my sacred girlfriend." <laughs> Woo. Okay, so now it's a fight and now she's miserable at job. She's having a hard time doing important work job. 
She's not even enjoying the view anymore, Andy. She's not enjoying the sex view. She can't remember all the number things. There are so many numbers now. <laughs> I'm sure she messed up a spreadsheet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She forgot to carry the There's- one all over the place is my understanding yeah. of her job and the way you can so- fuck it up. <laughs> so many corrupt spreadsheets. Just like all those one. little all those little pound signs in the cells. Like it's just it's not working. Oh, my God. That pound error. That Oh, it's the scariest thing. Okay, so now he's talking to an older priest, and he's like, I've fallen in love. And the guy's like, I've been a priest for 40 years. I've fallen in love at least once a decade. And the message of this whole conversation is like, it's not about never doubting. It's about Mm -hmm. whatever you commit to, choosing it over and over and over again. You know? So, like, whether or not you do choose, you need to realize that, that there is going to be doubt at many points in your priestly life should you choose to stay. And that's very profound to him. It is very profound. And he does say this thing about like someone told me once that if you can imagine yourself doing anything else, you shouldn't be a priest. It was like, him. You shouldn't be a priest. Yeah. It was him. Yeah. Yes. And he's like, that's a great recruitment speech, but like that's not real life. I was just trying to make <laughs> you feel like badass and like a Marine. Like, you know? <laughs> 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 Oh, it's good shit. Okay, so she goes to confessional and ambushes him at confessional and tries to make things right. And she's like, Mm -hmm. please tell me I'll do anything. And then they do get out of that confessional and do a full body pelvis touching hug in front of all the congregants. But at least one of the ladies goes, confessional's gotten really touchy feely these days. Yeah. (laughs) You think? Wait till you see them make out out of nowhere. Just, I mean, okay, so like... The funny thing is, like, I think even back then they really weren't using confessionals anymore. But if you have, like, a priest with an emotional life in a piece of media, you have to have, like, a scene in a confessional. Have like, to. that's a – I mean, it's a rule. Like, you you must. Yeah. So when I was writing Hot Under His Collar, I was like, I have to figure out a way for to get him in a confessional. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's not taking a confession. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So I was yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. hiding from someone in the confessional. So that's, <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, Sierra Simone just made it a meat cute. She did. She made it a meat cute. Yeah, and, and I later mean, on, you know, you got to come out of that confessional, confessional and do some do some cunnilingus from behind. You know, <laughs> that's just the <laughs> only way. It's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, you got to use what that piano is there for something, and I feel like it's cunnilingus from the behind. <laughs> Okay, so now Ben Stiller comes to church. It's a cu- couple of weeks later. He goes to the Catholic church mm-hmm. and he's like, are you still mad at me? And Edward Norton's like, of course, I'm still mad at you, but I am also still in love with you. And so I did get you a gift. Okay, so here's here's this really specialty rabbi card. It's the one he didn't have. It's the only one. And it was in mint condition. It's the rarest of the rare mint condition rabbi cards. And... It's adorable, and they just need to they just need to use a piano that's around is all I think, you know, yeah, this furniture is there for a reason, boys, anyway, the furniture is there for a reason, Brian, you've remembered your dick exists, yeah, like things could happen your, for you. He's your best friend, he's the closest thing you've had to a lover, oh yeah, 
He knows you inside and out, you know? Literally. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, and this is where we find out that Ben Stiller is sort of almost getting fired because of, because yes. of the inner because of the interfaith relationship, relationship. one yeah. he's been in. But he really he really does save his own ass. He saves yeah, he his does. own ass. He gets up wait, on Yom Kippur. Wait, but the only reason he does that is because mom has a stroke, remember? Yes. Mom has a stroke and then he goes to see her in the hospital and she's like I made a mistake with your brother. Like what are you doing? And I was this, like that's lady this 180 made me so mad because the other thing is we never seeing her we never see her make a fucking mens to her other poor son that never gets tied up in a bow she needs never. to like crawl to her son and his wife and beg for forgiveness for being so awful all of these years wow favorite son Somehow, like, she wants, he wants to date a lady who's not Jewish, and suddenly you're fine with it? Oh, boy. Wow. Well, I mean, part of it could be, like, she'd be, like, she could have, you know, oh, had the stroke lose- and been, like, and be, like, I'm going to lose both my sons. Yeah. You know, my husband's true. dead. That's, I, I can't do that. That's true. And, I mean, Anne Bancroft is a treasure. I love Anne Bancroft. She's a treasure. Oh, so yeah. She, can, she pulls it she off. She can do it. Yeah. She does. Yeah. So she's like, you need to decide for yourself what's important to you. And so now it's Yom Kippur. Okay, go. <laughs> yeah. So he gets up and gives this like rip-roaring sermon. I was moved to tears saying that he is had, you know, he's he's been he's keeping loved, a secret. He's been keeping a secret. He's loved being their rabbi, but he's been keeping a secret by not sharing his life. And he, like, admits that he's in love. And he says he's not sorry for being in love with her. He's just sorry he didn't tell them. And I'm just like... He says, I'm sorry I didn't trust you. Yes. To let you in on my life when you have all let me into your lives. Oh! And that... It echoes what Anna says during their fight. Yes! Where she says, like, you will never be the man of faith you want to be if you don't start trusting other people. Yes! Oh, it's a big so romance, big. Andy. It's a, it's really big. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now Edward Norton, they're walking. It, there's like no sunglasses this time, I think. And that's like fine. It's a choice. Yeah. And they're walking and he's like, she leaves tonight. And I know you've been thinking about her, mm-hmm. you dipshit. Yeah, so he saves his job. So he saves his job. He gets to oh, be yeah. the rabbi. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so Ben Stiller, he's running now. He's running to her office. He's running. And there's this whole slapstick gag with the security guard in the lobby. T-Bone. Oh, T-Bone. Good stuff there. He's blocking him from going upstairs because Mm -hmm. Jen Elfman hasn't answered the phone to let him up because she's in some sort of, you know, goodbye office party. Like part, yeah. Goodbye office party. And so, um, but there was, they actually planted the seed for this early on. Yes. Where he's like saying, you know, I'm going to be here a lot. But like, and then T-Bone's like, this pass is good for an hour. And it's just like, he's like. He's no nonsense. Straight down the middle. Our T-Bone. No nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. No. So T-Bone's not going to let him in. So he goes over to the sex office. Yeah! And holds up a sign saying Anna Banana. Ah! And her secretary, who's been rooting for them all along, points and says, oh, is that for you? Is that for you? And so then she does pick up the phone. And then, like, her assistant puts it on speaker. And so he has to... (laughs) So he has to admit his love to her whole office. Oh. 
It's so, 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 so good. And then, of it's course... It's a good grovel. It's a good grovel. It's a real nice one. Yeah. I liked the grovel. Um, he mm-hmm. really lays it all out there, and he falls on the sword, and he's just like, you have my heart. What are you going to do with it? And so then she just, like, leaves. She's going downstairs, and he doesn't realize this has happened. And then so finally someone goes, she's headed downstairs. You've got to go meet her. And so oh, yeah, then he runs downstairs, too. <laughs> yes, because he can't see her. Yeah. He, all he sees is himself. And so he, like, so you, you know why, like, Howard, the sex guy, has just mm-hmm. been, like, willy-nilly, you know, waving the flag. Yeah. And that's a really, it's funny. It's funny. And he goes, oh, by the way, this guy's name is Howard. (laughs) But Ben Stiller also gets clotheslined by T-Bone, which I just feel like adds to the the grovel. Oh, it's great stuff. Mm -hmm. He really, he really pays penance, you know? He does. He does. He atones. He atones. He, He does. So then they all go to the interfaith shindig together, the opening of their senior center slash karaoke bar, which is a whole patchwork quilt of wonderful. You know, it's not something I expected, (laughs) but no, I like I wish there was something like that. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, like I would love to be able to like go get a drink and do karaoke with the VFW guys. Well, also like there's a singles mixer going on. Like, I mean, I feel like that could fit into my life. Yeah, that's these are all ideas that we should we should get somebody on. Oh, and suddenly Edward Norton is just so happy. He has once again forgotten that his dick exists. And he's just like, my two best friends are together. But then they do that three way picture hug. He's like, is there room for one more? And he comes right up on her booty. And I just right right there doing what are these filmmakers? What are they? What are they doing? Are they? trying to plant the seed of a throuple and they just like weren't brave enough you know i mean i think that's always what happens like this is my main problem with the chris pine tom hardy vehicle this means war yes is that it was it should have been a throuple yeah and i feel like that these two films are should have been a throuple like it's Mm -hmm. it's those are one two it's the only thing that makes sense frankly i mean it's it it doesn't it doesn't feel brave It, it i mean in the hands of a romance author, it, swords would cross. It's true. Every romance author I love and respect would have done that for me. <laughs> yes. and, uh, and I'm I'm okay because I have y'all. You know? Like yeah. I can just go read your your dirty Christmas novella and I will be fine at the end of the day. But sometimes I forget that I like <laughs> That I wrote that and like I'm like, oh yeah, I did. Yeah, I did that. I <laughs> I will never forget that you wrote that Christmas novella. It will never happen, Andy. Never. Um I'm I'm okay, so I might be working on another like MMF <laughs> involving um Formula One drivers. Yes! <laughs> That's so random and I love your whole face. <laughs> no oh my god like i just i just want to know what would happen if i was in love with both daniel ricardo and lewis hamilton and they both wanted to touch each other i just want to know what that would look like on the page yeah absolutely i love you for that that's that's (laughs) good shit i'm excited please put me on the arc team (laughs) you know done (laughs) done (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. So I think now is the time that we usually do lady loves on this show. I am not certain because I've forgotten my own name. I've laughed so hard. <laughs> what? Do you have a lady love? If you don't, that's fine too. Oh, is it something that I'm loving right now? Yeah. Is, is that okay? Yeah. All right. So jog my memory because it's been a long week. Okay. So something that I'm loving right now is um, actually Formula One. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really into Formula One right now. It's all because I started watching um, Netflix's uh, Formula One Drive to Survive. Ooh. And um, I'm especially in love with Daniel Ricardo, who is an Australian Italian Formula One driver for the McLaren team. And he is. Always smiling and laughing, except when he's really intense, and I just, I just, I like it. And also Toto Wolf, who is the team principal for Mercedes, which is the best Formula One team, and okay. he's also six four and beautiful. And um, it has given me a lot of pleasure this early summer. I love it. And inspiration, it sounds like, which I don't hate. <laughs> yeah, because every so often I wanted, like, I take a break from writing something long and I'll write something like quick and dirty, and so. I'm like, oh, I think this is my next quick and dirty thing. I love it. Okay, so what was that show again? Formula One Drive to Survive. It's like a soap opera with guys who drive fast cars. That's that sounds great. There's no there's no sex because they, like they really don't feature any like wives or girlfriends or partners, but it is it is very homoerotic. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm into it because <laughs> they're so competitive with each other. You're like, oh, they want to bang for sure. They just they just kiss, you know. Okay, so I have one, and it is the new She-Ra cartoon on Netflix. Okay. I love it to pieces. It's so, like, empowering. It's beautifully drawn and colored. Both of my kids are completely, like, obsessed with it. My two- and five-year-old. And oh my, my God, husband so, and I like watching so it. So cute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but my husband and I like watching it with them because, like, there's so many easter eggs for adults and like humor for adults Ooh. that the kids don't get but they will watch it you know it's one of those things where they're gonna watch it later on and be like whoa i didn't realize such and such was you know saying that but really talk about homoerotic subplots going on she it is all really? over the place yeah okay so i had a she-ra castle Really? When I was a little kid, there was like a Shira castle. I yeah. owned it. Yeah, I mean there were a lot of like you know like like little mini bearskin rugs, so I can see how it would have a lot of you know sexual oh, subtext. It is like a cartoon. So it is such good stuff, really. And like the intro, like song, the whole intro sequence alone, you just have to see it. But it's it's like the best. It's the best thing, and it's so fun. And I end up like pumping my arms and like singing with my son and like he's falling on the floor like acting out things and it's it's Aww. adorable it's so fun um so, so yeah. cute the new she cartoon it's for adults too and you should watch it <laughs> i'm in i'm in I, I i promised some people i've watched i'd watch sex life and so that's what i'm doing this weekend but she oh yeah that. i need to watch that too i've already added my to my like bingo single girl bingo card list is like oh i should at least be sleeping with one hot australian that's something i need to put on yeah my to-do list yeah these are these are great goals that <laughs> i would like to help you manifest if you need anything from me a little candle spell you know whatever i'm here for you <laughs> Out 
adding it to like my astrological altar. Is, like, yeah. I'm yeah. Australian. I mean, you know, whatever you need <laughs> is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Andy, where can they find you? Tell them everything. Um, I'm at author Andy J on all of the social media. I've been having a ton of fun making TikToks. Um, I do um, Instagram lives pretty much weekly. I've figured out, I think, how to turn drunk romance history, put it in a podcast feed so Whee! that I can preserve it. So preserve That's it. Exciting. But yeah, at author Andy J, all platforms. You know, please buy hot under his collar. Yeah, do. It's really enjoy it's not, it. It's not for us. It's for you. You know, listener. This is something that is just going to make your life better. So, you know. I hope so, yeah. Go get hot under his collar. That's all. I don't want to have been excommunicated for nothing. So, (laughs) at least let it be for your enjoyment. (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) All right. So, keeping a badass. And love yourself as much as you love all of the romance authors out there who are brave enough to give you the content that will let you get all of your dreams that this movie does not come through on for your thruppleness. All the romance authors who are going to cross those swords for you. Love yourself that much. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye, Andy. (laughs) Bye. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show. <laughs>